Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Mass Movement Presents, sponsored by Engineer Records. And as always, available on Podbean and iTunes. I'm joined by Tim, the chewy to my hand. Huh. <laughs> I'll be the... You're the big ugly bear, not me, Sunshine. <laughs> uh, we've got another stacked show for you this week, including part two of our epic chat with Barstool Preachers. We'll be chatting about the uh, the killer new album from New York Hardcore's finest, Agnostic Front. Wow. <clears throat> yes, as well as all the usual uh, delvings into comics, music and Disney. But first of all, we're going to start the show with a brand new segment entitled I'm Mad as Hell and I'm Not Going to Take It Anymore. <laughs> oh, God. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. You know what it is about this week? Emo. And not the music, because okay. I'm, quite, I'm quite a favourite music. I don't mind the Billy Bebo. And what, what really annoys me is people being labelled emos. Okay. I can't. It just makes me furious beyond belief. It makes me want to just strangle people and hit them with hammers. I can't, I can't cope with it. So when people describe somebody being miserable or somebody being upset, no, it's just it's just like describing a whole bunch of kids as emos. Okay. You're, you're not an emo. No. Emo is a style of music. Yeah. It's it's an emotional form of punk rock that sprang out of the revolution summer of DC in 1987, right? Yeah. You're not an emo. You're you're just a, a sad teenager. You know, you're a teenager who's a little bit sad and you yeah. like to listen to music that my daughter would refer to as being a little bit edgy. I have this argument nearly every other day with my daughter. She'll, she'll say, oh, the emos. Uh, there's no such thing. The emos. No such thing. Yes, there is. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. No, there isn't. Oh, you're so behind. You're not even keeping up with the times. I don't care about <laughs> keeping up with the times. I just care that I was there at the beginning when this happened. When emos first. When, when emo first became a was pilot. first coined. Yeah. When the term was first coined. You're not an emo. You're, you're not you're not music you're, you're I'm punk rock right you're a punk you're not a punk you're not I'm a punk rock you're not a punk rock you're a punk okay emos is not a catch-all phrase to be labeling whatever music is considered edgy at the moment water park some biddly biddly bomb music that's decorated to be the, 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 one of the bands of choice for emos oh I can't stand it mate it just drives, it drives me insane it was kind of hijacked wasn't it I mean yeah sort of there was that at uh, the whole um, mid 90s uh, had a really good emo phase. Yeah. Bands, uh, you know. So there were some incredible labels at the yeah. forefront, right? Um, so like No Idea and, and Deep Elm Records were both pushing this sort of... Even Revelation got into that so, side of things. Yeah, towards yeah. The 90s and... Yeah, I mean, there were some great bands on Farsight were really doing it, but... It was but, hijacked in the, two, in the 2000s, wasn't it, by right, sort of started, bands like The Used the, the and Michael Michael Romance. Right, and the and, worst thing that ever happened was when it appeared in um, the Centrinians film. The first Centrinians film. Okay, yeah. So I went to the cinema to see it because I kind of like Centrinians films from the 60s. Right. But what a better way to introduce, you know, to do your kids, make your kids like something that you like than take them to, to, take them to the cinema to see a remake or something that they'll just make for their generation. That re- yeah, re- yeah. Put from, yeah. So we went to see it and as they're all introducing all the girls, it's just, it's just this thing that says, e- uh, the emos comes up, right? Right. And I said, all right, I'm leaving now. I'm getting up and I'm going because I can't, I can't even see Because I'm mad as hell. I was mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> I'm going to go and demand my money back. But yeah, it's just, I can't get it. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't, it doesn't compute. No, it's... Why it would happen. I think it was hijacked as, as a new form of music. And then it was sort of, you know, people thought it was, like, like I said, that eyeliner, eyeliner makeup sort of wearing bands of the two, early 2000, mid 2000s. I would. I, I, that, 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 and then that, it became the new version of Bosha. Ba- that makes those bands, right, sound like the LA Poodle Rockers of the 80s. You know what I mean? I, I, all those guys who walk around with tassel leather jackets who thought they were going to steal your girlfriend in reality you're going to follow them into the toilet and kick seven shades of crap up just because you know I, I, I yeah I, I think it was a new way though for like do you know uh, you know, I hate to say it chavs 
Oh, right. Yeah. To say, do you know, in our day, it was Mosher or whatever, wouldn't it? You know, or... Oh, so it's like a catch-all label. To, yeah, to so it's kind of like... He looks a little bit different. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And okay. I think that's why he was hijacked, and that's where it sort of... That's why he was hijacked, and that's where he became um, used in everyday sort it's of situations. still makes me furious, though. Yeah. And I, I can't even really explain why it makes me... You know, I can't... Because I know everything moves on, and everything has its time, and... But every time I hear it, my blood just starts to boil. So somebody goes, you're an emo, you're a punk. That's what you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emo is... is is part of the music you listen to, part of your musical lexicon. You're a punk rocker or, you know, you're something else. You're an indie kid or whatever. You're yeah, not yeah, yeah. an emo. No. Oh, I'm so emo. I could cry. Well, go cry elsewhere because I don't give a stuff. <laughs> if they knew what they were on about, if somebody knew what they yes, were on about. Yes, absolutely. said I was an emo. Mm. I, I'd still question it because, you know, I like some of that music, but I'm yeah, well, very descriptive. I would question the descriptive term and why you would refer to yourself as music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, I like, am music. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm, I'm, yeah, no. Just, I'm, just I'm classical. Yeah. I'm hip hop. Yeah, I'm a punk and I listen to emo, emo bands. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Right? I like a bit of hot water music myself. I'm not, a, you know, averse to them. What was the first? It was sort of, um, was it like emotional hardcore? Emotive yeah, hardcore so it's emotive hardcore. It's, it's sort of like yeah. Ignition and Rite of Spring and Three and Grey Matter. You should ask yeah. Steve Niles about this because his bands. At the time, Steve Niles, the comic book writer, yeah, yeah, yeah. at the real at the forefront of this movement, and he's one of the I would he, I would consider his bands be some of the founding fathers. Yeah, he's one of the founding fathers of the whole emotional hardcore movement. Steve Niles, and okay. he's a nice bloke to boot as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really nice bloke. So that was the, the late sort of late eighties. Nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, nineteen eighty seven. Okay. Um, around the same time, Fugazi, just before Fugazi really started making an impact. Okay, so, yeah, so, so yeah. Fugazi's, what, 89, 90? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, so... Yeah, so it's in the run-up to that whole thing where the DC scene sort of changed. Yeah, that's what yeah. emo is to you. That's what yeah. emo is, not that's what to emo, you. Not to me, that's what it's, emo is. That's what emo began, and then emo, you know, obviously evolved as all musical forms do, so you end up with bands like Hot Water Music. Yeah. Which point like that, so, yeah, from Far Side. And Do you think it's, been, it's gone too far now, though? It's, it's not... I don't think anything goes too far. Really? I can't see no. any... Because there's obviously still... I think you reach a point where you have to become something different. Oh, okay. okay. So like maybe it's reached the end of... So maybe a dark wave of emo or, you know, yeah. fast emo, fast emotional hardcore. I mean, what would that sound like? That'd be fantastic. I mean, that, that's just... Yeah. That would be Ignite. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. more tears, you know? Because you see the I'm term post hardcore, don't you? That's got a lot to do with... Post hardcore. Yeah, I, when amazing. I see it, though, when I listen to that, I see that in the press play, but I... Yeah. To me, that sounds like emo, I know. Well, do you remember that. Family Fortunes? Yeah. Uh, do you remember the computer, Mr. Babbage? Yeah. When somebody would say, uh-uh, Mr. Yeah. Babbage said, uh-uh, whenever I see the term post-hardcore press release, I just go, uh-uh, <coughs> move on. Post anything. Post anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh-uh, <coughs> move yeah, on, yeah, yeah. it's lazy. It's a, it's a lazy descriptive catch-all term yeah, yeah. used by PR, so to say, I can't even think how to describe it. But <laughs> post. Post, that'll do. <laughs> no. Okay, so that's what makes you mad as hell this week. Yeah. Yeah. This week. <laughs> this week I'm mad as hell. Next week, soup. <laughs> <laughs> and you ever changing branding on, on, on tin soup yet? Yeah, Someone had it. Okay, well, let's move on. Yeah. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. We're both getting very excited for the uh, the new Star Wars movie, and especially the uh, the triple header. Look, look, I'm gonna give you. Oh, give you a free sex there. Thanks, man. Oh. 
Thanks. You can even dream about that now. I'll, I'll add that to the you lie there, pull your little quilt up. Yeah, but growing less. You'll think about my sex noises. And you'll be like, oh. <laughs> it's the only time I ever make them. <laughs> I wasn't married for 20, more than 20 years. I don't make sex noises. <laughs> ever. You're doing the triple header, though. Oh, Star Wars, yeah. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else. I was like, no. <laughs> you were still in bed. You were then. <laughs> what? Sex noises. What? what? I was saying Tracy Lords, Ginger Lynn Allen. <laughs> <laughs> triple header my oh my yes I'm doing, I'm doing the Star Wars triple yeah yeah that's going to be a sore ass <laughs> again back to the Star Wars yeah I'm doing the Star Wars triple so me and my mate Mark yeah big Mark we're so it's yeah it starts at 6 uh, with The Force Awakens okay we get like a 10 minute break then between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi mm. just to grab a quick coffee it might be 20 minutes I think I've some carb stretches yeah <laughs> Start crying, my old man bones. <laughs> Last Jedi then stretches, goes to like half 11, 25 to midnight. Okay. And then get coffee, sit down, start shivering in anticipation, start crying and start doing whatever you're going to do. And tell everybody to shut up and stand up. And it's stand up in the middle of something and threaten everybody with their lives if they even open their fucking mouth. <laughs> Which isn't going to happen because it's the Star Wars triple. Yeah. Because nobody's going to... Same I've never had an issue with a Star Wars showing. No, absolutely. everyone there is respectful of what they're watching in front of them. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. why would you pay nine pounds fifty to see the Star? Wars? That, that's what got me. Cause I thought, oh, Star Wars triple is going to cost me twenty odd quid or something. It's, it's like nine fifty. Okay, I'll that. If they're stupid enough to see the first two films, we may as well make a quid <laughs> out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before they come in for you know the the, the last the last, Sky, well, last Rise Skywalker. That'll be the end of the Skywalker saga. I can't believe it, mate. Yeah. I'm kind of gutted and sort of excited at the same time I'm excited to see the film right but I will guarantee you that I will have grit in my eye and or the air conditioning will be broken or something eyes. and yeah I have yeah, sweaty yeah. eyes yeah. and by the end a 40 year journey yeah over it's more than 40 years mate. it's 42 years Four, yes, 41 years yeah I feel like yeah. I'm getting sweaty eyes just thinking about it. <laughs> you, get, you get sweaty eyes all the time. <laughs> You're a middle aged man, we get sweaty eyes, but they just have, oh my god, oh my god. Got sweaty eyes during the trailer, you know? Yeah. The last thing I see is my friends. Ah! <laughs> that was gone. Can't believe it. Three people are going to die. Oh, I know, that's the big. I think he's. I, it, yeah, but it, it's lies. Is it going to happen? Or is, it, is it a false lead? I don't know. But even so, it could be they're good at doing those. Oh, bastard. That's why I can't. I that's why I haven't watched the trailer again for a while. I'm just like sort of psyching myself up to watch it again because like because Anthony Daniels. <laughs> but he's the he's the very he's last, isn't he? He's the very last of the original guys. Obviously, uh, Billy D is still there, but he didn't come into Empire. So if you're talking cast, you're talking the Star Wars original. The, yeah, he's the only yeah. actor in that film yeah. who's been through. I mean, well, that's not actually true because Mark Hamill's going to be in this film because he'd be voiceover and he'd be, so he'd be appearing sort appearing of. Appearing, yeah, but yeah, as, yeah. as a character. Yeah. He, no, because Arthur Dieter's going to be in it as well, isn't it? So it's going to be the only. Kenny Baker's dead. Yeah, but Arthur Dieter's the, the oh, character. Oh, talking as a character. character. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. I got I, you. Yeah, they haven't wheeled Kenny Baker out in some little fridge <laughs> and they've got him on set over the door. <laughs> His little green fingers pop out. And, you know, oh, poor Kenny. <laughs> poor old Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny's getting warm look he's starting to melt no back in the fridge Kenny back in the fridge no that's not what but it's it's yeah bittersweet I just I hope don't. they get it right I hope they get it right that's all that's, that's, 
no matter what they do, right, mm. somebody's going to moan. Somebody's going to moan. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be this legion, Disney and Star Wars got you wrong. But Disney gave you all these extra Star Wars films. You weren't going to get them if it wasn't for Disney. Yeah, yeah, You're not, right. You wouldn't be getting this platform. You wouldn't be getting all the series. You wouldn't have all these cartoons because they, they're tied to the model. You just wouldn't be getting this. I'd rather have them than them not have them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, but my sources are telling me there's reshoots. Swap source. <laughs> my source is on the internet. Hey, the same ones that told me that Palpatine was in the trailer. They were right. Palpatine's voice was in the trailer. No, at the end, he was sat there. Uh, Side on. He was there. It counts. Reshoots. Yeah. This huh. late in the game. No, this is there's, not There's a month to go. There's a month until release. Right? Mm-hmm. And they're reshooting now. No. But they Why have do been, they reshoot? They have been. They have no, asked, they've done they've had to do reshoots. Yeah, it's been looked at by uh, Mr. Iger. Right, Bob got, Iger. Yeah, and he's gone. Nope, not good enough. Go back. That's so Bob Iger, yeah. Bob Iger, the head of Disney Studios. Yeah. You, you have a source in Bob Iger's office who's gone, by the way, Chris, Mr. Iger got up, and, and you've not got us a free holiday in Disney. You've <laughs> yeah. got a source in Iger's office. Don't believe what you're going to say. It's balls. Yeah. I will guarantee it. No, I'm... Um, I'm I'm confident it's going to be good. They've taken all the criticism from the Last Jedi and made sure they've avoided all that kind of stuff. Plus, JJ mm. Abrams is doing it, so it's going to be. You can do it wrong in my eyes, including mm. Lost. Well, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm trying to think if he has, if he's upset me at all. Upset uh, <laughs> me at all. Has JJ upset me? He did not that I can think of. He did Star Trek, great. I loved yeah, yeah. the Star Trek stuff. He did, he did Super Eight too, didn't he? Super Eight was. Brilliant. I love Super Eight. Yeah, too. great movie. Uh, I just have a bit of a. Bit of a thing about him doing Spider Man. Um, what? Well, he wrote Spy- the Spider Man comic, didn't he? Oh, right, yeah. Okay. And his boy. And he got his boy gig writing Spider Man because he's JJ Abrams. Right. And I, 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 and I'm all for a parent helping their child out. Yeah. But there's other writers who deserve it. They got that break before. Okay. Think, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just my little contentious bit. I just. Yeah. Now, I'll never ever write for Marvel because I've just said that. <laughs> <laughs> Once I'd love to. Plus, JJ's kids are in front of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just take my gig. What's yours? I want to write Moon Knight. No, but I'm writing Moon Knight this week. You go away. <laughs> no. So it's fair to say we're both uh, very excited for the Star Wars. Triple. Triple. Well, the Mandalorian. Oh, man. How good does the Mandalorian look? It looks awesome. Yeah, and you know what's gutting about the Mandalorian? Yeah. Is we don't get to see it tomorrow. Yeah. So by the time we get to see the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian will Legally. be finished. In the States, they'll have seen the whole Yeah, thing. yeah. I know. Because it's, what, eight, ten episodes? Yeah, I think so. We they get the platform tomorrow. Surely that's gonna leak though, isn't it? Or some it's gonna find its way over here somehow, like. Oh, they'll be yeah, but I'm not watching it. What we'll to say? I'm, I'm not watching it. I swear to God, I'm not watching it till I get the Disney platform. The platform, and then I'll just binge it, and then I'll find other stuff to watch. But um, if any of you, any of you out there, try to spoil it for me, <laughs> right? I I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> And I will find you, and I will hurt you. <laughs> because it should remain spoil-free. And yeah. every Star Wars fan should be allowed to go in this cold and just see it as it was intended to be seen. Yeah. I have to say all, the, say all the... so annoyed about Say all the Pirate Bay Seas, I think. You know what? I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you do. No, do you know what? I won't watch it. I'm not going to watch it in any sort of deg- degraded form. Um, do you know what I mean? If somebody says, "Oh, yeah. you know, here's the full season of Mandalorian," yeah. it's okay. It's okay to look at. No, I want perfect. I want to see everything. I want to, I want to see it as it's intended to be seen. Exactly. And I want to sit down, right? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna sit, kick my wife and my daughter out of the house. You're gone. I don't care where you go. <laughs> Ten hours. 
Throw some money at them. Wherever you go, I don't care. All the clothes coming off. <laughs> Sat there in my pants. <laughs> Coffee's on the go. And some form of pizza. And that's it. And for 10 hours, I'll just sit there and go, oh. I'll make more sex noises. But you'll record in secret, obviously. Because yeah, you know, that's got, what you like. Because that was tapped. Yeah, well, that's, what you, that's what you like. <laughs> I'm just sure some chef Carl Weathers is in it as well. I love Carl Weathers. And what's her face? Um, Gina... Cage fighter, mixed martial artist, the one who yeah, absolutely floats my boat all the time. I was just trying to think of her surname. Because <laughs> there are moments when I go, oh hello, she just pops into my head and I just sat there and I go, oh, hello, <laughs> and it's just. <laughs> As you can see, we're trying to kill time while Chris looks up. Gina Carano. Gina Carano, there you go. Hello. Oh yes. Hello, Gina. Well, you know the best thing about Gina is, if you're a naughty boy, she'd knock you out. Yeah, yeah. Who rappers in any woman? If you're a naughty boy, knocks you out. Oh, and he's in it from um, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was awesome in Breaking Bad. Don't matter though. Carl Weathers, Bill Burr. Yeah, Carl Weathers, that's so cool. Nick Nolte, I didn't realise Nick Nolte was there. What, do you think he was dead? I knew he wasn't dead, but Nick Nolte was I just thought it's Pedro Pascal playing the Mandalorian. It's going to be just... Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Isn't it? Yeah. He was so good in Game of Thrones, he was. Until he got his head squashed. Yeah. Because that was, you know, a bit of a downer. Yeah, that did suck. Carl so, yeah, is. we don't get them Disney platform until... March? Uh, uh, yeah, it's March 30th, so we'll be there. We will be there, yeah, we'll be there. It's my birthday, March, so, you know, maybe like a... It's my wife's birthday, too, so... Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll both get it for our birthdays, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> she might say, we can't have it till after my birthday. That's the price you have to pay. This just in. A jungle cruise skipper reports spotting the lost safari near the African veldt. As you may recall, this safari has remained missing longer, yet had more sightings than any other in history. Locally, aeroplane pilots are cautioned about landing in Settler's Field. Recent rains have created rather large bogs, which have attracted the attention of local water buffalo. Pilots should carefully review conditions before either taking off or landing. I'm going to break my record of not seeing a Dwayne Johnson movie. You're going to go see the Jungle Cruise? I'm going to go see Jungle Cruise. Oh, I'm so seeing Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Well, it, it has to be that. the trailer? Yeah. Yeah, it looks <laughs> awesome. It just, it just looks awesome. Because, like, the ju- Jungle Cruise <clears throat> is one of those rides at Disney where you either love it or you just kind of meh about it. Yeah. And it's not about the ride as much as the interaction with the skippers on the boat. The captains are yeah, all yeah. making their jokes as you go around, like the Jungle Cruise skippers. Because, you know, it's all... Like animatronics and great animatronics and funny animatronics. It's the story they tell as they're going around. And each skipper tells a different story, so every time yeah. they go on, it's, it's kind of fresh. And um, I just like the fact that Dwayne Johnson is dressed up in that sort of skippery uniform. He's all cap in half. Yeah. Yeah. But he looks. I'll tell you what I think it's going to be like. I think it's going to be like the mummy, like a more com- comedic version of the mummy. Okay. It'll be big, loud, brash, with yeah. lots of stuff happening, and you know, everybody in mortal peril all the time. And it just looks fantastic. Like I said, the trailer looks superb. But yeah. it's got to be a big screen film, I think. Got to see it at the cinema to get a full effect. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's yeah. not going to be... As is the case with most Disney, if not all. Uh, well, see, there are mo- I, I, I can't disagree with that. When was the last time Disney disappointed you? Disappointed me? Mm. When they said that they were going to release the streaming platform <laughs> until March in the UK. So last week. The <laughs> <laughs> last time Disney broke my heart was last week when they said that. Um, honestly, I don't remember. Because I, I always take something away from every Disney film I see. Yeah. There's always something there that I can relate to. I mean, there's Disney films I won't watch again, um, like The Fox and the Hound. 
once bitten, twice shy. Never going back to that. Sweaty again. eyes. Sweaty eyes. Mm-hmm. That's sweaty eyes syndrome. That's, that's, that's SES to the <laughs> maximum. That it's just, yeah, it is. It's yeah. just like, why not just stab me in the heart? Just kill me now. It was it was a it was a recent Christmas like last year or the year before. Mm. I kind of was channel hopping and it was there. So I was like, no, 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 no. And then that's when the controller starts falling out of your hand. Yeah. <laughs> and he's on the floor and it's just that crucial moment when the old lady's taking like into the woods, the fox in the woods. Just yeah, yeah. Go, no, don't you, don't you do it, old woman, don't you? Do. I, I will, I will find you and I will hurt you. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, um, I haven't seen the Lion King remake, but that gets. Uh, I've not read many positive things about that. It's made a billion dollars, though, hasn't it? Oh, it's made its money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I personally, I'm not going to go see it on the 23rd. However, I am going to go to the cinema for Frozen Two, mate. Of course. I'm, we were in Florida earlier this year, and we played crazy golf. That's so why I made a bet with Siobhan, and she's like, "Oh, what, what, what do you get if you win?" And I was like, "Well, you have to come and see the Dora film, with me, Dora the Explorer, right? right. I'm not going by myself." Okay. I said, "All right, if you win, I'll go to the Dora film," and I won. So, okay. I, so I was holding it to it, and then she was getting really, "I don't want to go see Dora the Explorer." I'm like, "All right then, come see Frozen Two with me, and we'll forget about Dora." Okay, I'll go see Frozen Two. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to go see Frozen Two on the twenty-third. So nice. Yeah, I'm going to be through those doors, and I'm going to be booking the tickets like a week in advance, and then be through those doors with her. But I'm desperate to see that film. Okay. So I shall go on the Friday afternoon. Just one. Just one. No ice cream. I, I don't do ice cream. I shall have I shall have a coffee. And then I shall talk about the all of my all of my new show, the four G T and its development by Carol Shelby. By myself in the cinema something. Yes. So yeah. Okay, cool. I'm gonna do that those off. Right. On that note, should we have a track? We'll have a track. Yeah, let's have a track. And and I need more coffee. Okay, then we'll have some uh, social experiment. Abitary Boys, and this is the first song on their new album, uh, Rumours of Our Demise and Not Greatly Exaggerated. This is Unlock the Cage. <laughs>
crack in a tinny, crack in a tinny, crack boy. In a tinny. So, Arnie was back, Arnie, as he always happens to be. Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah, I would see. You got, you got that shitty thing green on your face. It's good. <laughs> it's really good. It was, it was better than I expected. And when you, when you see a Terminator film, hmm. you know, you all, you always prepare, you always want to be happy that you've seen a Terminator film. Yeah. But you're always acutely aware that you're going to emerge from the cinema with a bitter taste of disappointment in your mouth. Yeah. You've been resolutely let down once again yeah. by somebody trying to kickstart a franchise that should have been let go in the 90s. Yeah. Agreed. That's not the case. Okay. Anymore. And I don't know if it's because Linda Hamilton's back. Okay. Storyline-wise, does it kick on straight from Terminator 2? It doesn't uh, acknowledge the other movies, does it? No. No, and it, it's odd because it's it's a different timeline again. Oh, okay. They just sort of abandon the timeline. Wow. Because they do something to begin the film, which alters the timeline in the future. Right. Which means, because like, it, it kicks off in Terminator 2, so you know that Skynet's done. Yeah. Because Skynet's done. You can go spoiler. Well, there's a thing. Spoiler all you want. Right. So, nature abhors a vacuum, right? Right. So, something has to fill the gap from Skynet. And in the beginning, something happens, which means that John Connor's not there to stop anything like that happening. So, the future that was forecast before comes to pass, but in a different way. Okay, so right. different, that's interesting. Artificial intelligence rises to take the place of Skynet once yeah. out. And um, yeah, it's really, really good. It's sort of Terminator and Terminator 2 rather to get mashed together to form the next wow. part of the Terminator films. It takes plot elements from the first two films, mash them together to make this film. So it's sort of like Terminator's equivalent of The Force Awakens. Wow, okay. the best way I could put it. I like that. I'll take it's that. really good. Is Arnie like relevant in it, or was he just oh, jammed completely. in there? Just... No, 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 no. He's completely relevant to the plot all the way through. Great. From the beginning, I mean, he doesn't make his appearance until like you know, Arnie pops in in the middle of the third act, of the middle of the <laughs> yeah, second yeah, act yeah. to save the third act. So yeah, that's when he appears. But Linda Hamilton's in it all the way through. Yeah. Okay. And absolutely mashing everybody's heads in, and she looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She really does. Yeah, I'm glad. Like, because I mean, if. if Linda Hamilton turned up my door and said, come with me if you want to live. I'd say, right, I've got my little case packed. Let's go. <laughs> and I'd be off in a heartbeat. Let's go, Lind. We'll be off. Solitary woods in a, solitary existence in the cabin in, the cabin in the woods. Say, <laughs> a pleasure, dear. Too many of uh, the movies afterwards just kind of won't try jamming Arnie in there in some yeah. shape or form and it was just awful. The worst was that god-awful one that tried to rehash the last one with uh, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones in. <sighs> oh my God, that was where they went over the the original Terminator timeline. That, and... Was that the one with Amelia Clark, or was that the one where John Connor becomes like this sentient sort of living metal Terminator? No, that was Terminator Salvation. Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the one with Amelia Clark was Terminator. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it was it was, an, it was horrible. It was just horrible. I, I had so many. See, I gave up after. Like, I watched the one with. Sam, what's this? Is it Terminator Genesis? Yeah. With Christian Bale and Sam Worthington? Yeah, that's right. That, I watched that. That was okay. It was, it was all right, yeah, yeah. Kind of dug it, you know, it was Christian Bale and Sam Worthington, mm. you know, we, and that was, like I said, it was okay. Yeah. Um, Just okay. Yeah, and that's so I was. Terminator 3, I, I never really dug. It was but, awful. Well, you, you're getting all jiggly at the thought of, oh, the Terminator, <laughs> Terminator robot. Well, at the beginning, when the couples are over and she inflates her, her, her chest, I'm thinking, oh, no. No, I, I'm sure you were thinking, oh, yeah. no. He's like, oh, no. Oh. I think on the hindsight, I'm thinking, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I can't believe how excited I am. A toilet break, please. <laughs> no, god-awful movie. I'm, I'm um, glad no, that, it, is, and that 
Darth, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. I'm glad Darth Vader's a Terminator. What? <laughs> That'd be a good movie. No, I... <laughs> mental. <laughs> no, I'm glad Darth Vader uh, is a good movie. I'm glad. I, I can't really wait to see that. You should go and see it. Mm. Definitely. I, I totally recommend it. It's a great way for anyone to spend two hours of their time. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Hello everybody, this is Igor Cavalera from Peprick, Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. Brie Olsen, she's getting some uh, stick at the moment for her portrayal as, uh, of Captain Marvel. Well, I don't see why. Yeah. Oh, she's awesome. I think so too. I don't see what the issue is, but... Um... See, I love the film, but I've always had sort of a contentious relationship with the character. Okay. I've never been... Well, up until uh, before the film, Margaret stole wrote The Life of Captain Marvel. Mm. And up until that point, I'd sort of gone on a real down on Carol Danvers. After Civil War Two, when she basically killed Tony Stark. Yeah. Or mortally wounded him. Yeah. And drove the whole issue of the second civil, second superhero Civil War forward. That was my low point with Carol Danvers. And I yeah, thought, you know, yeah. you bitch. Basically, you bitch. You killed Tony. <laughs> you killed Tony. <laughs> right. Um, but then Margaret Stoll wrote The Life of Captain Marvel, which is one of the best books of the last two, three years. Easiest okay, what, what you, it was like a completely different um, take, yeah? So basically, Carol goes home and you find out who Carol really is. It's just a really well-rounded character study of Captain Marvel that takes in flashbacks from her past and sort of changes the direction of the character. So you go, okay, well, this is why this happened. That actually makes sense. So she became... She started, I started to actually really like Carol Danvers. Okay. So my, my opinion had really shifted. So and this then, is prior to the movie? or is This, this is prior to the movie. Okay. And then the movie just sort of pushed that, um, my faith in the character, further onwards in, in a positive direction. Yeah. And I've just read Kelly Thompson's Captain Marvel re-entry. Okay. And that is the best take of Captain Marvel I've ever read. Really? Really. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, Kelly Thompson's a fantastic writer anyway. She's got her finger so on the pulse of everything. It's just, it's... So, basically, Carol becomes a really complex, complicated character who is beset by the same sort of fears and worries that we all are, but she's elected to stand up and protect us all. Um, and like I said, she's complicated. She's funny. She's just... She's articulate. She's intelligent. The story's wonderful. And... I honestly think Kelly Thompson has definitively nailed Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Wow. Okay. I, mean, I don't mean nailed in any sort of perverse way. I just mean she's yeah. absolutely got the character right. Well, okay. And she's made it transformed into a character where they can go, oh, dude, this, you know, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just brilliant. And I, <clears throat> as I said, I've just read Reentry and it's. Reviewed it as well, and uh, it's one of my favorite books of the year. So, what's it called? Captain, called Marvel. Captain Marvel Reentry. Reentry. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, first volume graphic novel, trade, whatever you want to call it, of Kelly Thompson's run, and it's absolutely fantastic. Wow. I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah, cool. Happy. If you want to start reading comics, it's the perfect place to jump in. Yeah. If you want to start reading Captain Marvel, this is the perfect place to jump in. You want to read a kick ass superhero story, this is the perfect place to jump in. Wow. You want to read a story that's got to make, make you, yes, yes, yes. Make you excited and make you fall in love with comics all over again. This is That's the story. Wow, okay, it's that good. High praise indeed. Oh, it's so good, mate. I honestly, <laughs> I, I can't praise it enough. You've also been praising Callum Crowley, yeah, because that's on <sighs> <laughs> Dark Horse. So, so, the first issues was out for in time for Halloween, 
and the second issue is due to hit the stands next week. A reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's um, wonderful oh, to the, ha- the last days of the monster movie hosts, the horror hosts. What's that they have to That's what I, was just, I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and Elvira like, and that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the great, cookkeeper. Yeah, and, the character, who the, the main character who becomes Count Crowley is, is sort of um, an alcoholic journalist who just doesn't give us stuff anymore and just tells the truth that she's burnt all of her bridges. And this is like the last bridge she has is to replace a long-time horror host on his Saturday afternoon slot, which she reluctantly does, and then discovers that monsters are real, and she's put in this strange world that's a wonderfully warm, nostalgic look at the 80s. That yeah. you, you couldn't have... Nobody who wasn't there could have written this. You, know, you okay, have to yeah, love yeah. your subject matter. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You have to have an innate understanding. You have to know about it on every single little level. You have to and you know love the minutiae. You have to embrace the whole thing and that's what the writer of this David Das Merchant's done it's wonderful and artistically it just looks like it's from 1984 it, it's got that sort of Marvel DC art feel yeah okay feel, yeah yeah which works incredibly well so he's kind of like she's kind of like a sort of anti-hero heroine oh completely yeah yeah absolutely completely just yeah yeah <laughs> had it with life and now this and this is like my my the final step of my journey to absolute damnation. I've got to host these terrible monster moves on the side. The kind of stuff we love, she finds herself becoming a part of because you know she'd never been a part of this world. She was like you know, crack investigative journalist who had to fall in love with a bottle of just a couple of drinks. She just absolutely tells the truth, which gets her into trouble everywhere because you can't do that on television. Fantastic. That does sound um, amazing. It's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. I have to say, Dasmation is knocked out of the park this one the second the second one has just arrived for review and so the review should be up by the time fantastic uh, we do this next and it'll be on the site and all that kind of stuff I've had a yes on Dark Horse I've had a quick flip through it already and it's like oh this is so good this is so good if you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer look no further than Engineer Records sponsors of Mass Movement Presents I don't know what Das Motion, he's in um, Dune, the new remake of Dune. Yeah, yeah, okay. Playing Pite de Vries. Yeah, so you had to explain who he was to me, and I was like, oh, okay, that's that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's an Ant Man. And... Yeah, because he was in Ant Man, yeah. Ant Man and the Wasp, he's going to be in the new version of Suicide Squad as Polka Dot Man. And he's in the remake of Dune. The remake of Dune. Which is, by all accounts, oh! Yeah. Because somebody's actually made Frank Herbert's vision of Dune, the original yeah. novel, rather than rather than the movie. In the... <laughs> movie in the... <laughs> I I kind of like the miniseries. Yeah. But I watched uh, the film again a couple of days ago, and I hadn't seen it for maybe twenty years. Okay. And I forgot how far up its own backside it really is. <laughs> and you know, there's all these like emotive voiceovers and sort of like oh, characters lost in thought. You know, here's my in a monologue. This is what I'm thinking. The Queen's Oh, must I drink the water of life? It's very Lynch. Lynch it's can just, get a good bit carried. I oh, love David Lynch, but he oh, can get carried away. With oh, oh by the final scene, by the final magnificent battle. Yeah, yeah. You can tell Lynch has pissed away the entire budget on <laughs> cocaine, champagne, and hookers. <laughs> expensive hookers, because the effects are dreadful. Yeah. Even the side of the car just falling over in the sand and <laughs> crap lasers flying everywhere, little explosions off the off the worms. Yeah. And, oh. 
And then Sting in his, un- you know, he, he, he keeps Sting in his underpants. That's a thing you never need to see as long as you live. Sting in his underpants. No, of course uh, not. Because no, no. uh, could you imagine how Gavin would react? <laughs> oh yeah, I love Gav's Sting stories. <laughs> uh, we here, uh, we hate the Sting, <laughs> and that's like the worst joy of the accident. <laughs> that really is. <laughs> it really is. But yeah, I can't. I just, I watched it again. I just sat there thinking. This is two and a half hours of my life I am never, ever, <laughs> ever getting back again. Exactly, I love Lynch, but that's a rare... Um... I don't. You don't? No. Nope. That surprised me, that is. Not at all. Can't stand the man. Anything he's ever done you like? Can't, to... No. <laughs> don't like it. Twin Peaks? Nope, don't like it. Wow. Absolutely don't like it. Because it's just, again, celluloid wankery for wankery's sake. It's just... <laughs> no, but it really is. And all, all that stuff for the dwarf... I thought dwarfs are the best of times because you know they're going to touch you with their little sausage fingers. <laughs> Who knows what they're going to do to you when you're sleeping? You know? Sneaking in your house and all kinds of creepy stuff. I have, I've got dwarf stories. I'll, I'll share it at a later date. But, okay. Uh, Not for the podcast. Well, oh, so what did it for me with dwarfs? Uh, have you seen Don't Look Now, the Nicholas Rogue film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, you know right at the end, mm-hmm. When he thinks he sees his door, Donald Sutherland thinks he sees his door, and he chases after him. Yeah. There's that nasty little dwarf which goes on and chops him in the neck. Yeah, yeah. That was it, done. Ah. And I saw that, don't trust them, can't trust them, don't want to see them, you know? <laughs> and they walk funny too, sort of waddle. <laughs> so they look like they're coming to get you all the time. Yeah. What the work do you miss, man? Oh, not him. <laughs> Especially not him. Don't like him, don't like him. Oh, poor Warwick. I don't like him at all. And now he's <laughs> Oh, don't like him he's presented a game show now, isn't he? Yeah. Right. So I'm wondering. I wonder how big the chair is. They got to put him up on. Does he go up and down? How, how you know? Does he have to? Because they do that weird scrabble thing to get up in chairs and stuff. Yeah. And it sounds like I'm really like biased against dwarfs. I'm just terrified of them. Like, I, it's like, oh, I, they really frighten me. Cause you, I know they're gonna sneak in one night and just touch me with their sausage fingers and stuff while I'm sleeping. <laughs> and they take photographs and shit and put them on the internet. <laughs> You really have current and rational fear. Oh, mate, they're terrible. they're terrible. Terrible. It's nearly as bad as horses. That's why you do like Ewoks. No, that's got nothing to do with Ewoks. Teddy bears, that's completely different. Okay, fair enough. Just, I, I, I can separate the Ewok from the from the midget inside the Ewok. I can separate the Artie Dietrich from Kenny from Baker. From Kenny Baker, yeah. okay. Because, you know, much as Kenny Baker is a beloved person, I don't want him touching me. <laughs> I wouldn't want him to touch me. Because the fingers look like triple artists. <laughs> they, they do. They, it's just not like that. It's just not right. It's, it's, not, it's not though. Oh, how it's do we get from Dune? Oh yeah, by Twin Peaks on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So back to Dune. So this new version of Dune is going to be the summer, the Christmas blockbuster for 2020. Yeah. I don't know how many parts they're going to separate it into, but it's going to it's Denny Villeneuve and it's going to be massive because Momo was in it as well and Stellan Skarsgård. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's got a really impressive cast. Good lineup. Yeah. Um, if if he sticks to Frank Herbert's Dune, if he sticks to the, the original novel, I'm going to be happy. Excellent. We really have mega bucks thrown on screen. Awesome. <laughs> no little people. My kind of film. Away we go. And with that, we'll have another track. We'll have another track. Featuring no little people. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we put these guys on the other week as part of the compression book launch in Bridgend, and they blew us away. So this is They Live, We Sleep with Destroy What Destroys You on their album Self Harm. <laughs>
Okay, let's switch it up a bit then. Let's talk music. Slayer, a new DVD is out. Or coming out, the new movie. Mm-hmm. The Slayer, Repentless Killergy. You've seen it, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I read the book, okay. Repentless. Um, and that was quite enjoyable. Yeah. It's the most enjoyable thing Slayer have done since, for me, since Seasons in the Abyss. Was that uh, the last time you, you enjoyed Slayer? Yeah. I've okay. seen, and you know, I, I was uh, brought into the whole Slayer thing around every teenage thrasher did in the 80s. Yeah. Alla Waits and... Uh, Rain and Blood and then and South of Heaven I saw one of South of Heaven tour uh, on which Nucleus all blew him away yeah um, and that sort of Season of this was about the last was the last record I really gave a stuff about okay because it, uh, it was all much of a muchness yeah after that it was kind of yeah, they had the odd good track but then they really lost. It, was, it was just it was a band playing up to their image I was thought and they were yeah, just trying yeah. to be Slayer so I mean you saw Killology I, I have no Enjoy, so it? basically, yeah, it's uh, it's basically it's three of their music videos, if you like, but they've put them into like a, a trilogy of, which makes up a small, short narrative. Bunch of uh, various horror icons in there. I saw Machetti was in there. Machetti's in there. Yeah, yeah, as well as Slayer themselves. Yeah. You've got um, Tyler Main, who obviously played um, Jason in one of the... Yeah, Tyler Main's always going to be Big Sky. He's Big Sky, isn't he, the wrestler? Big Sky, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah to me. He was also um, in X-Men, wasn't he? The first yes, X-Men. he was Sabretooth. Sabretooth in the first X Men, mm. yeah. Bill Mosley shows up uh, as a Nazi. Okay. Uh, he's always good for a playing the type for a crazy character. <laughs> playing the type. So yeah, it's um you know it's plenty of killing and gore and as you would expect, it's it's kind of like a Robert Rodriguez movie. It's, it's okay. Robert, Robert Rodriguez directing Slayer, if you like. Oh, okay, that's always, so that sounds quite interesting actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the story culminates at a Slayer concert, right. which we then watch the rest of. Okay. So it's kind of you know it's a roundabout way of bringing around the, the new live. Okay, but so is it is it like a, is it, um so the the show itself? Yeah. Is it like a greatest hits. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. yeah, it's it's off their um their recent uh, the last shows they've done recently. So it is um, just greatest hits. So it's definitely so you know you're talking. Show No Mercy and Hell Awaits. Yeah, and, the bangers, as you'd yeah, expect. Yeah, Rainy Blood, have, and then chucking this one, Ditto Head, and an occasional yeah. cover off the punk rock album, which was actually quite good. I enjoyed Apart the punk album, yeah, yeah. The terrible lines they sort of changed around. Yes, they, they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I'm glad they did. But, um, so yeah, it's, it's a good little package for uh, if you're a Slayer fan. You, but did you enjoy it? I did enjoy as it, As a sort yeah, of yeah. peripheral Slayer fan, someone, you know, on the edge of the whole sort of thrash thing because like you know i'm nearly as old as the band now <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so as a sort of second wave slayer fan if you like yeah yeah i loved it yeah it was a it was really a good way of presenting because videos are dead now music videos are dead nobody nobody watches music videos anymore see i don't know i see i would not agree with that but you don't I, see them on like do you know, like there was like one end or two one or two mtv channels or there was raw power well that's the thing back they're the all day. on youtube and they're all on vimeo our kids' generations, mm. they love YouTube. They watch YouTube as YouTube to them is is just as important as Sky TV or something like that. As, as a medium, as an online medium, that's where they watch most of their content. Yeah, so yeah. You, you put a music video on there, they're going to notice it. If it's put in the right place, they're going to notice it. That's why music videos go straight to Vimeo and go straight to YouTube. There's no music TV. And, and yeah, it's such, yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes to there. Well, yeah. So it's so it's an interesting way of putting together a package, you know, as a sort of final hurrah. Right. Because um, they've done their last. Do you one, honestly th- see? No, uh, no, no, I don't believe it for a second. No, but right. if somebody it's, says some more, use a couple of million. Do you want a headline download? Tom it's going to be like it's like, it's like Kiss saying, "Oh, we're going to do our final tour." Right. Yeah. Now, I can't stand Kiss. 
I think they're the uh, most overrated band ever. Okay. Just dreadful. And I think Gene Simmons is one of the worst human beings that ever breathed oxygen in the world. He's yeah. just terrible. To go with that, yeah. And um, they've said, oh, well, this is where our last tour. Well, we've just added another 70 shows. Another yeah. 70 shows. How much money do you need to keep going? You know? Potentially their last tour could go on forever, couldn't it? Uh, absolutely. Next I mean, year they announce another 70. Slayer will go, oh, well, we'll come back. Never say never again. Like, like Sean yes. Connery, James Bond. Never say never again. Sunshine, I'm back, <laughs> I'm back for another swing. And that's the whole point. When bands say we're done and dusted, you know most of the time you're going to go, eh, I don't believe you. You know, Unless the band are like 60 or 70 and they say, we're not coming back because you, you know most of them will be dead in five years. Anyway. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think it's in Slayer's case, when Jeff Hanneman died, they lost a lot of their... Uh... Impetus. Yeah, for sure. He was obviously their, their, their main writer. Their guiding force. Uh, yeah, and he was their sort of... He had that punk edge about him. Hanneman always seemed a little bit dangerous and a little bit edgy. Yeah. You know, he had, yeah. There was something about him when you watched him on stage. Not like Kerry King, who's just, yeah, we get it, you're a badass, you got your head tattooed, and you, you tattoos down your hands. Like, you, you know, I get it, you know, you're a bad man. You're scary in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Big wristbands full of nails. I'm really crapping myself. Blah, He's the visual. Oh, I'm, I'm terrified. You know? But the workhorse. Yeah, and Tom O'Reilly is just like, haha, everybody's mad favourite uncle gets pissed at the wedding and then he falls over <laughs> and tells his story. He says, come on, watch the pornography. And does something, you know, that's Tom O'Reilly. He's just yeah. funny and personable and a really sweet guy, you know. But Jeff Harmon always seemed to be, like, like I said, like that sort of scary element of Slayer, the sort of the darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the band. You know, the dark, and they lost a lot of that when... Yeah. When he went, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that completely. Yeah, and I, I think releasing the new music now, they had some bits and bobs left over from her. And right, I think if they, releasing new music now would just be a mistake. Yeah, but they could trade off the greatest hits thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and they, that's you what know? they'll do. They'll do, I think they'll do the occasional yeah. tour, the occasional show, you know, the, the big shows they'll do. So, yeah, I don't think we've seen the last of Slayer at all. But going back to Panthers Killer G, I think it's. A nice package. It's out now. It'll probably be out by the time you read this. Listen to this even. Read. <laughs> read. read. <laughs> I'm reading Chris. I can read him <laughs> through the airwaves. So, yeah, uh, check it out. Hi, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast. Good idea, that. I heartily endorse this podcast. It's also been a, a week for the Chromags. We had the Chromags' new EP come through. Yeah. It's, mm. I know you kind of liked it, right? My problem with it is it sounds like Best Wishes. Yeah, it's not Age of Quarrel type stuff. The first track I thought was Storming. Yeah. It's like a like an old ST sort of riff, which, would, you know, Rocky George was involved, so I get that. Yeah. Second was just like, it was like a Best Wishes sort of album track. Yeah, Best Wishes filler. Yeah, I, I wasn't impressed with the third one at all. It was a lovely bit of music. Mm. What the hell's doing a Chromax record? I'll never know. See, I I like Harley's music, all right? Um, oh, he's a great bass player. He's a great... You can write a tune for sure. I like Harley's music. I really, really like Harley's music. The problem is, on when when it comes to like the Chromax debate, which side do you fall on? Yeah, JJ. I'm a JJ guy. Yeah. Hey, absolutely all the way. Yeah. Because he's he's a mate. He's yeah. A fan and he's a really personal sweet guy, and I think his output has been truer to the Chromax. Yes. His output since he left the Chromax. Yeah. Um, has been truer to what the Chromax are about. Well, that that last Blood Clot album, like as I said before, that's the best album the Chromax never recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that album's astonishing. It's really um, good. And I mean, he's writing a new Blood Clot record now, which is why I think Mackie Jason will be in, the, in Blood Clot now. I think it'll be John and Mackie. Yeah. That and it'll be them. Hopefully AJ will stay with them and write with them because hmm. Novello's a hell of a guitar player. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. we'll just, we'll have to say, I'm not 
I'd rather take a Cromag's album when it lands rather than having them released like like seven inches. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? that's they're, what he seems to do. Blasting like one seven inch out here, one seven inch out there. Yeah. I want to wait for the album. I want to see what the album is as a whole, how that sounds. How yeah. That... It's hard to gauge with all these little little releases coming out. It's hard yeah, to gauge it's, where I, they're at. Yeah, I I mean Harley looks like he's having the time of his life and he looks like he's got his second wind and he's out there pushing it. Um, God bless him and all the rest of it for doing it. But yeah. it's just I. Something about it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. I don't know what it is. Oh, I get that too. Yeah, I yeah. wish I could pinpoint it, but it's yes, it's the Chromags. It carries the Chromags name. It carries Chromags name, but it's not yeah. the Chromags I want to hear. It just sounds like Best Wishes to me, and I wasn't, and I'm not a big fan of Best Wishes because I think the Chromags deviated too far from what they were. Edge Quarrel and Best Wishes and uh, carry on the Best Wishes stuff. I don't get it because Harley's music that he was making when he wasn't the Chromags was more like Edge Quarrel stuff. Was far more hardcore. He's brought more metal into his sound with this, and I don't. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't see the need for. It. I mean, Harley's one of the original, one of the hardcore greats. Yeah. Stick to what you know. Yeah. Don't bring more, more metal into it. And great, it's great that Phil Campbell's on there. You know? Yeah, that was like, that was a nice little touch, a little homage, yeah, homage to uh, Lemmy, like, but um. Yeah, well, I'm, I and that craziness, well, Lemmy coming to Harley in a dream and telling yeah. him to back the name, mate. I I don't get that at all. You know? Yeah, apparently I I read that I got that quote and I thought yeah, like, I gotta use that. <laughs> hey, what? Yeah. What? Apparently what Lemmy. What you bubbling about Harley? What about? Oh mate, just you know. <laughs> yeah. Put down, put down the tequila and just <laughs> giving us no cheese before bed, Harley. Yeah, no yeah. cheese before bed. <laughs> Lemmy did not come to you. If Lemmy's gonna to come to appear in anybody's dream, it's gonna be Phil Campbell. Phil. Phil, the unwritten songs were hidden here, Phil. <laughs> yeah. Right, so Lem, I'll be on him now, but. <laughs> nice one, Lemmy, but. Oh, oh, smash in, boy. Smash in. <laughs> but um, we'd still say, you... check it out, though, From the Grave. It's on Victory Records? Yeah, it's on Victory. It's yeah, on yeah. December 6th. But, it, you know, it's... it's Make it's, your own minds up with it. It's a good record. Yeah. It's just not what I wanted to hear. It's not, maybe. Not our Cro-Mags. But we're old and... Who cares? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is James from Widows, and you're listening to the Mass Movement Podcast, you lucky devils. In stark contrast to that, New York, oh my. and we're staying in New York. Oh, my goodness. The new agnostic front is astonishingly good. It is just... Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> Insert sex noises here. <laughs> you have to excuse me while I go and play it myself. It's that good. It's astonishing me. Yeah, it really is, yeah. It's... um. It's more, it's like uh, Liberty and, and One Voice again, all of them. It's just, yeah. my, it's proper old school agnostic fun. And when I say old school agnostic fun, I don't mean Vicky Payne agnostic fun. I just mean sort of the tail end of the 80s, early 90s agnostic fun. That sort of. The crossover. Yeah. yeah when they totally yeah, nailed that sound. Just phenomenal. Yeah. There's not a bad track on that. No, it's not. I mean, the, the, when I heard that, uh, I think it's like, it's halfway through the album, AF Stump. It's like, yeah. Yeah, oh. Well, the thing is, I, th- I mean, I thought, you know, when they released the American Dream, I thought this is Agnostic Front really finding their way again. And now they've—I don't know what, you know. Yeah. Vinny's been putting in Roger's teeth, but these guys. But are, keep doing keep keeping in. Yeah, there. but Vinny just keep pouring in. Roger, you look over there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's phenomenal. Yeah, it really is good. Yeah. Put it on. I was thinking, really? Yeah. You can. You're 35, 36, 37 years into your career, and you're releasing records like this. It's, Fans half your age should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, yeah. They can't come up with something even a fraction. It's got a cause for alarm vibe about it because a yeah. lot to do with a lot of that is to do with the Sean Taggart. I mean, visually. Well, as soon as you see it, yeah. It's yeah. got the Sean Taggart art, yeah. um, artwork. So 
it looks recognisable as an agnostic front album, and you chuck it on, and it's, it's got all the elements of all the good agnostic, all the good versions of agnostic front are represented. I thought. Right. Well, again, you've got a drummer like Pokemon playing on this. Oh yeah, he's awesome. And you know, the dude's from Leeway. He knows how to play that. Cro- yeah. He's got that crossover thing nailed down. And he play- doesn't overdo the double bass. He knows no, when, a, when, when to kill it. Yeah. He knows when. He's like a Mackie. Um, he knows right. just. Or got, just what he needs. He's got flair, style, and precision. And yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. A, it's a combination of three. And then you've got yeah. Craig Silverman. Just, well, that dude just turns on and tunes up. You go, all righty then. Yeah. There's a reason he's in Slapshot and he's in Gnostic Front. Yeah, for because sure. Because he's a monster. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a machine. And yeah, such a good... Mike Gallo the, you know, just nails that rhythm section. He does, yeah. And of course, it's this stigma. And your stigma. Yeah, stigma there. <laughs> if you don't love Vinny, there's something wrong with you. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Because life produces people who I would refer to as sweethearts. Okay. Life's little sweetheart. And Vinny Stigman was one of them. <laughs> he, no, he really is. He's just so. Yeah, he is, yeah. Just... yeah. I've had the pleasure a couple of times. Though. Yeah, every day is a happy day for Vinny. Yeah. You know, Vinny wakes up, I'm still breathing. I'm happy. Yeah. You know, and that is. He's always uh, he's glass half full, isn't he? Oh, Glass is just half full. Everybody's glass yeah, is yeah. half full. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, li- he lives like to the f- to the fullest. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Roger in is is the absolute opposite of that. But he is one of the most interesting people I've ever met. They probably balance each other out though, you know. It's um. Yeah. You know, when they're on tour, at least, you know, yeah. I mean, I imagine they balance each other out, and they're both just sort of keep everything on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, work, they work together so well. Well, like I said, Roger's one of the most interesting people I've ever met, and there are a few people I, I keep saying. Every time they come on, I want an interview, I want an interview, mm. I'm desperate on interview, and Roger Mirai is one of them, because yeah, he's yeah. just, yeah, he's a fascinating character. Well, that's what we're hoping to uh, bring you an interview with Roger in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah next next show, hopefully, for yeah. cross, so that'll so, be, uh, yeah, keep be it right. with us. So a new agnostic club record, it's yeah. just a killer. It's Get Loud, it's out on Nuclear Blast Records. And it's out now. And it, yeah, it's out as we speak, so uh, go and check that one out. And in, well, on a more on a sadder note... It's the um, the Bruises. Yeah. It's like the Bruises just played their last ever shows. Yeah. I, mean, I know they've been off sad. and on for years, and it's just been reformations here to play shows there. And no, it's official. But yeah, but they are for me they're one of the great unsung heroes of American punk rock. I just want to say yeah, really underrated. Uh, and just musically on point, and yeah, yeah. You, I, I've never heard a Bruises record I didn't like. No, it's just enjoyable punk rock and roll, isn't it? Yeah, and it's old school punk rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, it's massive oil influence, and again, I've had the pleasure of interviewing Al Bar a couple of times, and he's a another great guy to be around, and really funny, I'm really personable. But they went on a hike because it's like Ramallah supporting them. Wow. Okay. I look like the Ramallah set was mostly called as a Blood for Blood. Okay. Thing. So it's like Ramallah playing Blood for Blood. Yeah. Rob Lynn's finally understood what people want to hear Rob Lynn do, and that's just Blood for Blood, <laughs> yeah. you know, high speed rock and roll. But to have been in that, to have, I mean, that's one of the shows you, when people say, what show do you wish you'd been to? Ramallah and the Bruises together. Yeah, that would be, that would be pretty high. That would be in the top 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top 20 easily. Just to see that in, and watch them crash through America like the gates of hell, racing glass, you know? I I got into Bruises completely by accident. I wasn't aware of them or anything. It was about, I don't know, I want to say 94. Right. I mean, it's Records in Cardiff, and I'm just browse in the punk section and I see I think it's Cruiser for a Bruising well, they're all in the yeah sort of, and the convertible I was like chilling that's on. a good name yeah. Bruises and the dude got a Mad Ball t-shirt on yeah I'm like that that sells it for me bought the record didn't look back 
Yeah. Bought all the other records. Of course, because that's because yeah, yeah. you know, the minute you hear that band, you just want to hear more. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, for sure. Bands that just go, oh yeah, 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 this is doing it for me. Absolutely doing it for me. It opened up that whole other side of hardcore, that sort of oi side of. Um, even though they're, yeah. not, they're not strictly oi, but more of a sort of a street punk and a sort yeah, of yeah. hard so rock and roll side. Yeah, 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 it opened up all that sort of thing. So I started dialing dial into bands like. Uh, the business and stuff there, yeah. and uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I missed the Mr. I never got to see him. No, and that's that's one of my they're always on my wish list to see one of those bands that I, I've always wished I'd seen, but I, you know, I've seen you know, how many thousands of bands I've seen, yeah, yeah, over the course of 35 years. But it's the Bruce is one of the bands I wish I'd seen, desperately, desperately, desperately wish I'd seen, and I never got a chance to, and I'm absolutely gutted. You never know, they might join, join Kiss and Slayer on their final tour. <laughs> Case, <laughs> as long as the bruises come back, I don't care. You know, you can call me hip or whatever. Just bring back the bruises all the time, because yeah, I I was happy to go see the bruises. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, anytime, yeah. any place, as long as I can afford it. A band that I would uh, argue would be aware of the bruises. Who's that? Uh, Barcelona Preachers. We we spoke to them. We did. Uh, it turned out to be a rather long-winded discussion. Well, I wouldn't uh, say long-winded. I would have said more. Interesting, interesting in depth, and sort of in depth. Yeah, 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 yeah. So big, in fact, that we had to split it down to two parts. And here's the second part. So this is part two. Take it away, Tom. So what's yeah. being in BSP taught you about yourself? Oh fuck. Most, everything's, mostly, a, everything's a learning experience. And, you know, hugely you so. I mean, I, I'm I'm really lucky. I, I got to travel quite a lot. Um, through you know working for the travel and all that. Parents never never give me any money or anything but like I've always wanted to go and see the world I've always wanted to experience it and, and do just do all the time um, so the band if it didn't teach me everything I needed to know now it honed all my other skills as much as I need to know now like things basic things like humility basic things like being grounded by your mates having each other's back you know what I mean like all the stuff that in your everyday life you take for granted when you're forced to be in situations where no one else is forced to be there, you know, when you're forced to be nice to people first thing in the morning at seven when you've all had four hours kip, you know, that teaches you about yourself, you know, you, yeah. you learn from that. Um, I've learned that organisation isn't my, my, my top skill. <laughs> <laughs> that comes with age though, I will guarantee yeah. that, that comes yeah. with age. Yeah, it's helped having a very supportive, uh, supportive partner. <laughs> uh, what have you learned about yourself? tells you what you want out of life, definitely like whether it be for the career, whether it's your partner, whatever, it's, you know, it really works, you know, we are lucky that we've got supportive partners that both have the, you know, got their careers as well, we're supportive as much as they are supportive us, and it teaches you that, you know, you are doing it for the greater good, but, you know. It definitely teaches you, it definitely, like, to, to your point, like, it definitely scarifies the earth of your normal life. You know, like there's no way of going back to normality after this. You know, there, there's no there's no way back after 150 yeah. shows a year for six years and probably for at least four more. And there's there's going to be no sitting in an office. We won't be able to do that with ourselves. No. Yeah, after this, that. this will enable you to make a decision based further down the line on something else you want to do. Generally, but but it does it in in real time as well. You know, like I know that I don't want that job now. Because if we do this, yeah. and I know that I do want a partner, 
because the other side of this world is very scary and very vast and very deep. And it's like, like you know, actually some sort of anchor and some sort of home base is a really nice thing to say. Somebody share that feeling when, and making it better. It's, it's all. And when you come off, yeah. when you come off tour, like Gibson, we're really lucky. Both of our partners are incredibly independent and incredibly supportive. So when we come back, we'll go, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened. And they'll go. This happened to me, and you go, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's something else outside of the line. That's so nice. Normality. Because it can be all encompassing. Yeah. So, up to this point now, right? Last one, though, sorry. Go. Yeah. Integrity. I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that being in a band has taught me is that you get seen through if you're fucking, you know, if you're transparent, you'll get seen through in this world. If you aren't working for it and you're saying that you are, they can fucking tell you. If you're not good, you'll see it in a heartbeat from people. You know what I mean? Like that being your most honest self and still managing to not turn into a fucking nutbar is is a big part of just learning how to do life in general. And yeah. I think this is really crash course to that. People can smell fake a fucking mile away. You know what I mean? I, they, they will see it in everything you do once they've got a whiff of it. So, which ESP song best epitomizes the band, in your opinion? Oh. Or what you, what you think you represent? Which one of your songs best epitomizes that? Uh, don't let door hit. Oh, nice. I was gonna go trick with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're both scary numbers. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we like it. Um, <laughs> we like it. Do like it. <laughs> I don't know. We 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 have to wait for the next album. We we have some really broad writing styles. Yeah. You know, like broken hearts versus don't let door hit. There. Or broken hearts versus since you. The, the songs are such different ends of what, of what a band should put on one album, you know, like, uh, I don't know, I think that the, the, there are different aspects of, of nearly all the songs, I just well, there are different aspects of nearly all the songs that, that encompass a certain style of BSB, I think what needs to happen is that we write some songs like One Fall Down that encapsulate all aspects of, of the sound, they encapsulate every part of exactly what we're trying to say, and then there will be no ambiguity as to yeah. what we're trying to achieve. You know, it will be like, right, that's the album we're waiting for. Thank you very much. So, we can be guys, I just want to say before we go on stage, we're fucking uh, jumping around, being an idiot. I just want to say thank you very much for having us. You're more than welcome. It's really yeah. fucking nice. And uh, when you go, uh, you guys are on tour with Bronx, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, say uh, to Kenny, uh, Rags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow. Like, Rags says hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we will. Fucking, the first thing he'll do is just laugh his head off like an idiot. Man. Nice. He's, fucking, he's a wonderful person. He really the whole is. Band is. I think you guys are going to be thank you. great guys. I just, Wish the best for you guys. Thanks, right? really, 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 really Thank you, man. Enjoy, old, enjoy your show. We'll be down there watching these little things, you know. So that's right. Thanks, Rich. So you mentioned the next record earlier. Yes. So what can you tell us about it? You're busy writing it. You've written it. How far along the line? When can we expect it? About to at the end of this. So we've got tomorrow. We've got a couple of days off. Then we're going to go down to. With James Bright being produced and engineered. That's the 25th of September for those who aren't listening in the past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to go down and record with him. So we started off with around 36 to 38 ideas slash songs that we had. We did some. 
strange. We always say 36 is 36 slash 38. We never say 37. Is there one that we're just not looking at? Like, <laughs> oh, was there a song that was that bad? Well, there, was yeah. few, there was a few that were added in on the day. So we had this democratic process. It was amazing. Yeah. We were a democracy in action. We, we we had a buddy read out a name from a hat. Uh, uh, we, so we wrote all 38 ideas down, individual newspapers, screwed them up from that. We all faced a wall, so we couldn't see what anyone else was saying. If you argued back, you had to vote. If, if you liked it, it was a five, if it was rubbish, it was a one. So in the end, we all voted behind our backs, and then made people count them up and told us what the list was at the end. And the top 20 were the 20 that. That's the way to do it, isn't it? So the next album's got to feature with 20 tracks? No. No, we're going to pre-produce the 20 now. So we're going to record 20 tracks live, pretty much. Um, Then we're going to send them off to 10 people. And we're going to get those 10 people to listen and rank them in order. So then hopefully there'll be a consensus as to the top six or top eight or the top ten or at least the top one, one would hope. Yeah. Uh, and there'll be a consensus to which ones are at the bottom. And then after we've done that, we'll look at it and we'll go, right, these are the ones that they like. These are the ones that didn't make it that we really like because they're about to be a cut. Yeah. Um, what do we really like about this song? Can we make it better into there? What do we really like about this? Can we do it? We're lucky it may well turn around and they all go, there's 14 bangers on there. And we go, well, the six you didn't put on, we really like it, and then we release a double album. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked. But, <laughs> that's the best way to post it. Yeah. So, so what's next? More America conquering, definitely, 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 definitely. Like the you, the way it's always been is you you make a name for yourself in one place, and then you go over to the other place on the same footing. And because you've been there, your profile raises in this one, and you literally play off the markets against each other, like. Like in the 2000s bands did against Japan and Korea and that like, yeah. Asian market, they went yeah. international success and they came back and still nobody in Cardiff gave a fuck. <laughs> you know, so um, next for the band is going to be continue our world domination, adding a few more bases that we've never played, like Japan. That's on the cards. Um, we're looking to do that. If not next year, then 2021. We are getting very old, mate. Um, the album is a, a big part of the focus. We're not sure what next year is going to look like at all yet. At all. So we just uh, parted ways with the guitarists uh, earlier last week. Um, and we're not sure that we want to replace that member. There's five of us. We make enough good sounds between the five of us that we... If, if you've already got a focused unit, do you want to bring somebody into that? It's going to be... That doesn't know it. It's hard to say Gotta go down. Yeah, there's already two albums worth of material. As a prerequisite, they have to know them. Yeah. For the next 20 already, we're, we're nearly 40 songs. We're writing album number four before album number two has been out a year. Um, and like, yeah. it's hard for anyone to come into that. They, if they come in, they have to be. I don't know any the other band that works, yeah. Yeah. works that way, writes that much in advance, man. Do you know what I mean? I, that is something that's almost unique to what you're doing. I think it's one of the reasons we're successful becoming successful yeah. I guess for us we toured 100, 250 shows a year every year since the inception of the band right? next year we might not we might be a band with 50 shows in a year and that's still not a bad thing 
yeah. in the wider world we'll probably be more successful if we do it that way if we focus on two singles and then those singles we do what the interrupters did and get one single this mainstream play and then that lives in its own world and you know six months worth of momentum of that one single you don't need to do anything apart from that you know, then you all of a sudden at the end of that you go oh the album's going to be out in two months here's a two month tour so it's not a week here week there week here week there it's a solid block everything is conglomerated everything is worked out the branding is right the marketing is right we will finally maybe relinquish some power to people like Vic um, and they can you're, you know, you're, you're speaking like you haven't already like, like Vic doesn't already yeah, have that the fact that I'm even saying it shows how yeah. much that we have yeah. Yeah. so it's, it's you know but yeah, we, don't, we, all, we all know Vic and we all know that your destiny is now in good hands and that's, that's it exactly. that's all we need Yeah, and that's all we need a couple of staunch people that believe in the band as much as we believe in the band and if we find those people like yourself yeah. if we find those people then we'll be on tour with yeah. but we don't know what next year's going to look like we can only tell you that the tour schedule goes up to December 23rd in New York and that's it that's still a good place to be on December 23rd hey, but it's a bit scary Every other year we've had six we months booked to at least Don't get us wrong, look, we're getting the offers and we're, we're but it's turning the thing. down. It's, like yeah. a, it's a leap of faith and that. Sometimes you just need to take a leap of faith and that's what you're doing at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, so that's it. And then cards get handed to you and you've got to take them when they're dealt really, haven't you? Yeah. you know? and, I, I, and this great thing as well, we are going into the studio. Have fun. It's well, gonna, it's see you down there, buddy. It's going to be gold. Yeah. I, think, I think you know cards will be dealt Pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm not I, I don't so. think you, I don't think you chaps are anything to worry about. I think it's all gonna be good. Yeah. People people keep saying that to us and <laughs> first off we don't fucking believe them because no one fucking tells us the truth anyway. But, but <laughs> here's the thing, right? It's taken me twenty fucking years to get where I am right now. It's taken you a lot not less long trust me when I know when I can see it happening, I know it's happening. You fucking <laughs> you're on the road anyway. Yes, on, on the road, and it feels like it, doesn't it? I think this year has been the first year that we've felt on the road. Like, this is, we, we, we're getting spinal tap, actually just No, where'd you go? Get away, get away. Heading out soon. It's actually that way. You can't get that way. But yeah, um, this year's the first year it's really felt like it, to, to be out of pool. Go. 200 people on a Monday night in Leeds, you know, and then 250 on a Tuesday night in Newcastle or whatever. Yeah. This is the first year it's felt like that, and we, no one can ever say that we haven't earned our stripes no, because of the amount of shows. That's the thing. You worked your ass off, one. You worked your ass off. Yeah. What you put in, you get out. Right? That's that simple. And that's that integrity coming back around again. It is. Pleasure, Tom. Thanks, Tim. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, buddy. Okay, that was Tom from Barcelona Preachers concluding. <laughs> our Barcelona Preachers interview. Oh, Barcelona Preachers mega extravaganza. <laughs> oh, they were lo- they were lovely to talk to. Awesome guys, right? awesome guys, awesome band. Yeah. And you grab their latest rec- record, Grassy Gavira, now because that is just yeah. Oh. Apologies for the background noise in that interview, mind. There was a, a horrendous rock and roll band doing every sort of rock cliche oh, you could think of. Yeah. Oh, drinking Jack Daniels and yeah. just being. A, well, they just they just enjoying life, man. I I you know I yeah. say well, I don't really care. If someone's enjoying life, just let them be, you know. Yeah, and okay. they were having a good old time and just living it up and and live. They were pretty good. They you know I quite enjoyed them. It's sort of yeah, the Springsteen thing going on, didn't they? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's really cool. So. We'll let them off this time then. Yeah, okay. just this time. Just this once. Just this once. Just this once. Just this once.
If you're looking for the best new band punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records, sponsors of Mass Movement Presents. So that's about it, I think, yeah? Yeah, all, all, all we need to know is give our shout-outs. So, I just want to give a massive shout-out to David Das Melcher for writing Can Crowley because it is literally the best comic of the year. And okay. if you're not reading it, shame on you, <laughs> quite frankly. But just make whatever you do, beg, borrow, steal, go into your comic shop, offer them sexual favours, do whatever you got to do. But get the first couple of issues, Can Crowley, because I, I guarantee you, you will not be sorry. Really good, so that's Mel. Should thank you. Cool, there we are. I can definitely check that out. I want to thank our sponsors, Engineer Records, as, as always. Ever. Yeah, some of the best punk uh, you'll find in the UK or anywhere at yeah. the moment. And that, I believe, is that. Is that until so, uh, next time, Kiddy Winks. Ta ta. See ya.